Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Maz and you're listening to episode one of the Balanced Natural Health podcast, where we discuss East, West and all the best in natural health. Right now is such an exciting time in health and wellness because increasingly we are seeing that the time-tested science and health technologies of the East are being confirmed in the modern biochemical research of the West. As a doctor of Chinese medicine, a herbalist, an acupuncturist and a long-time yogi, I've had the very good fortune to be exposed to some of the health science and ideas of the East. At the same time, I come from a family of Western scientists, and as a scientist myself, I love nerding out on the latest science and research from the West. To my mind, both ways of looking at the body share much in common. They just use different languages to describe the same things. They say knowledge is power, and so this podcast aims to bring you the best of East and West to help you empower your health. One of the main inspirations behind starting this podcast was the many amazing conversations that I have with my patients in clinic and the awesome and insightful questions that I get asked both in and outside clinic um, throughout my daily life. And one of the most common of these questions is how does acupuncture work? And this is a really important one to answer because quite often I'll be having a conversation with someone and they'll say, oh, I love acupuncture and I'd love my um, husband, mother, co-worker, whatever, to get acupuncture because they'd really benefit, but they don't believe in it. And I find this to be an interesting statement because acupuncture isn't a religion. It's not something that you believe in. It either works or it doesn't work. And particularly at this point in time, not only do we have 5,000 years of continuous clinical practice of this modality um, and many documented clinical studies from those millennia, but we also have literally tens of thousands of research papers published in contemporary scientific journals that discuss the many mechanisms and many pathways through which acupuncture has an effect on the body. So I thought this was a really great question to kick off this podcast because it can be answered on so many levels. There's the short answer, there's the long answer, there's the Chinese medicine answer, and there's the biomedical, scientific, contemporary research answer. So I'd like to get into all of those, but I think maybe the best place to start is with the short answer. So how does acupuncture work? So the short answer is that acupuncture works by supporting the body's innate healing mechanisms. So these healing mechanisms are what allows our bodies to heal from cuts and to mend fractured bones, to bounce back from infections and colds. And even in outlying cases, it might be what accounts for spontaneous remissions in serious diseases. So we all have access to these healing superpowers and in an ideal world, we would be returning to a state of dynamic balance or what we also call homeostasis. We would be returning to that state in the face of life's various ups and downs. So um, say we have too many late nights and lots of stresses and um, some dietary changes, for example, and maybe exposure to some pollutants and toxins And in an ideal world, our body would be able to recalibrate and return to a state of health. 
But unfortunately, modern life has quite a hectic pace and has quite strong demands on us. So we're not always able to live in accordance with both our internal resources. So that's how much energy we have, our current state of emotion and biochemical reserves, for example, um, and living in harmony with our external resources. So that's living in harmony with the outside world, um, harnessing access to sunlight and fresh air and movement. So that's not necessarily always happening. You know, we might forego movement to sit at the desk for 12 hours a day and then drive home through traffic and get stressed and get stuck in a negative mind loop and then come home and have a fight with someone in our family and have more stresses about, say, money or mortgage or career or all sorts of um, all sorts of concerns. And so really we're living in a state of constant stress. And what this does is that it overstimulates our sympathetic nervous system. So this is the component of our body's autonomic nervous system, which is also termed the fight or flight system. So this is the response that we get in the face of stress. It primes our body to escape. And so it might pump more blood to the uh, skeletal muscle of the arms and legs. It'll allow more energy to go towards the heart and lungs to um, strengthen our ability to run away. But what it does is that it shuts down energy and resources going to areas of the body that it deems um, not immediately essential for survival. So this is the areas governed by the parasympathetic nervous system, also called rest, digest and repair. So what this means is that when we're in a constant state of stress and hypervigilance or anxiety, then we're not getting that chance to drop into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is where the healing and repair and the restoration of that dynamic balance of the body occurs. And acupuncture is a way to do that. So acupuncture has been shown to encourage parasympathetic activity in the body. Um, and so it's a way of letting the body know and the whole body systems know that it's safe and it's able to switch off and divert all of that, that energy away from the high alert and use those precious resources to start recalibrating. So that's the kind of short answer. The Chinese medicine answer is kind of similar to the short answer, just using slightly different terminology or language. And this is what I love so much about Chinese medicine language is that it offers a shorthand for describing the many complex biochemical and biophysical pathways that are happening in the body and it offers that in a language that is accessible to all of us so we can all relate to it. So it's a really humanist medicine. So from a Chinese medicine perspective, acupuncture works by restoring the flow of qi in the body and restoring the balance of yin and yang. So that's really talking about homeostasis in the body. And I just want to mention here that when we talk about the restoration of the flow of qi and balancing qi in the body, um, sometimes qi has been, in my opinion, mistranslated to represent some kind of mystic or magical force that um, can't be proven to exist. And while that may be the case, um, qi in Chinese language also refers to um, situations concerning air and pressure and vapors and weather and in Chinese medicine when we talk about qi we talk about the body's metabolism and potential for movement so all the different 
uh, really it talks about all the different functions and processes that are going on in the body. So when we look at it with that understanding in mind, we see that the Chinese medicine understanding is that acupuncture restores the correct functioning of all of the body's systems and networks. And this is really beautifully aligned with a lot of the latest biomedical understanding of the body, which is starting to view the body as a complex network of information and interwoven systems. So in the past, we had a very mechanistic view of the body. We viewed it like, say, a car mechanic would view a broken car. We'd really drill down on where we perceived the problem would be, we'd remove the broken part or patch it up and then we'd expect that uh, things would be all good from there. But what that view doesn't take into account is that all the body systems are not separate, they're actually beautifully interconnected. And this is really coming through in new fields of science like psychoneuroimmunology, which talks about the interwoven relationship between um, psycho, so like the brain and neural areas, and immuno, which is obviously the immune system, and endocrinology, which is the hormones. So all those systems are involved in continual crosstalk. So it used to be that we thought everything was governed from the brain down or from the central nervous system, but actually we're seeing that all of those systems are interwoven with each other and can affect the other. So what that means is that our hormone balance can affect our immune system and our immune system can affect our moods and vice versa. So it's beautiful to see how modern medicine and traditional medicine are aligning in their view of the body. And another area where we're seeing this is in the exciting and emerging field of epigenetics. And epigenetics just means epi above genetics. So previously we had believed that genes were set in stone. So the genes that we received from our ancestors would previously very much dictate our health outcomes in the future. So that kind of took our agency away. So took away our um, input in being able to generate the health outcomes outcomes that we would hope for. But what epigenetics is teaching us is that our genes are merely a blueprint. They're just a sketch or a plan or an outline for our health. But actually how we live our lives, so the food that we fuel our bodies with, the appropriate rest and balance that we strive for, even the very thoughts that we think um, and that we have as our continual internal dialogue all of these factors have very potent effects on whether genes get switched on and off, so whether they get expressed, and therefore whether certain characteristics or certain conditions might be expressed as a result of that. So, so really it puts the power much more firmly in our hands. So that was the Chinese medicine answer about how acupuncture works, which was um, followed by a bit of a detour into emerging areas of medicine and systems biology. The long answer gets into some really cool biomedical research and as I mentioned before there's literally tens of thousands of papers that have looked at how acupuncture works. And some of the earliest work in this area comes from Dr. Candace Pert, who was a very highly regarded neuroscientist and pharmacologist and headed up the US government's National Institutes of Health. So Dr. Pert was the discoverer of our endogenous opiate receptor. So opiates are pain-killing substances, and not only can we be given these 
from external sources, but we also produce our own endogenous. So endogenous means internally um, generated substances. So it means that we have access to an internal pharmacy that we can use to reduce pain. And what Dr. Pert found was that acupuncture was shown to induce the release of these endorphins, these internally generated painkillers into the cerebrospinal fluid and disseminated through the body. So that's just one of the ways in which acupuncture has been shown to work. To look at all the many other pathways through which acupuncture has been shown to have an effect in the body, I grabbed a paper that was recently published this year in the International Journal of Hypertension, so that is high blood pressure. And this research paper looks at all of the cumulative research over the last 10 years that shows the various mechanisms of acupuncture for hypertension and how it can potentially improve the situation for people affected by hypertension. And this paper highlights the many pathways through which acupuncture has a positive effect on the body. So to summarize, they found that it worked on many different systems. So they found that it worked on, um, had an endocrine effect. So endocrine is the hormone system. They found um, that acupuncture was able to regulate vessel tension and fluid regulation through the balance of specific hormones in the body. It was also found to reduce oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is what contributes to aging and cellular damage in the body. And it's the reason behind um, why we hear a lot about antioxidants. So different supplements and superfoods that are great for providing that antioxidant effect. So these are things like leafy greens and turmeric and even red wine. So this paper suggested that acupuncture also had an antioxidant effect by inhibiting or mediating oxidative stress. Acupuncture also had an effect on the molecules of information that work in the body. So as I touched on before, the body as we're now understanding it, and certainly as you know, ancient Chinese medicine for 5,000 years has understood it, is an interwoven network of interlocking body systems and those systems communicate with each other via molecules of information and at any given moment at any given second in time our body is undergoing 37 billion billion chemical reactions at one point in time which is amazing we're amazing creations but it's also easy for some of these to get dysregulated if we're not living in optimal conditions or in a state of balance for our particular body type so what they found is that acupuncture had an effect on some of these molecules of information so these ones in particular mentioned in the paper are called gazotransmitters and these are transmitters of information and interestingly there's other studies that show that there's actually higher concentrations of gazotransmitters along acupuncture channels and at certain acupuncture points so really interesting research there um, there was actually shown to be an effect on the brain so with uh, fMRI scans we're able to show that different points different acupuncture points lit up different parts of the brain so in Chinese medicine we have well-documented system of acupuncture points and different acupuncture points at different locations in the body have different effects on um, regulating different body systems and up 
regulating or down-regulating metabolism in various areas. And this correlated with research, with current research that showed that different parts of the brain would light up depending on which acupuncture points were used. So that just confirms that there is actually uh, it's not just that the body's, say, responding to um, pain or to needling of a site, but actually that there was a greater physiological and therapeutic response occurring. The review went on to discuss the epigenetic benefits of acupuncture in respect to hypertension. So it showed that with acupuncture, there was a down-regulation of genes that code for certain symptoms. And epigenetics, as we touched on before, is this exciting new field of science that talks about how our genes are not set in stone, as I mentioned, and how they can be changed by lifestyle factors or meditation, um, organic diets, and so on. The review paper also mentioned that there was shown to be an effect on target organ damage. So one of the secondary effects of hypertension is damage to certain related organs. So as a result of the increased pressure of blood and the increased demands on pumping that blood against a higher pressure. So one of those um, organs that can be affected obviously is the heart so we might see a thickening of the heart wall it's just called cardiac hypertrophy and there might be potential inhibition of blood flow to the brain there might be damage to the renal tubules in the kidneys because of the force of the pressure moving through them and what they found was that with acupuncture there was a positive effect on target organs implicated in hypertension. So there was a protection of blood vessels and renal tubules, there was improved blood, th blood flow in the brain, and there was an improvement in the cardiac wall thickness as well. So as we can see, there's so many different ways that acupuncture exerts a positive influence on the body. And this has just been a brief dipping of our toe into the water of the how and why. So this is just taking one review paper, but there's, as I mentioned before, there's literally tens of thousands out there. Now I could talk about acupuncture and the intersection of modern and traditional medicine for days, but I would also love to hear from you. This podcast was created to empower you with the information to make the best health decisions for you. So I'd love to hear, are there any questions that you would like me to go into more detail with respect to acupuncture or any other area of natural health? Because this podcast was inspired to empower people in their health and in access to the information relating to health, if you found this podcast interesting, please feel free to share the love with others who might be interested. And I'd love for your feedback or rating or reviews on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. This helps the podcast reach more and more people and helps them share the love and knowledge that is accessible to all of us. So thank you so much for listening. Just a little note um, that all of the information that we talked about today is intended for informational purposes. Chinese medicine is a functional and individualized medicine. So the practitioner, your health practitioner will work one-on-one -on -one with you to figure out the best health solutions for you. So we get to the root cause of the issue to help you find your dynamic health balance. 
This means that there are no blanket solutions for everyone and this also means that this podcast is not intended to diagnose or direct or replace any existing medical advice in any way. Um, If you have any questions or you'd like to find out more about Chinese medicine, feel free to visit my website balancedacupuncture.com.au I'm also on Instagram at balancedacupuncture, one word, and on Facebook at Balanced Brisbane, one word. So as I said earlier, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to answer more questions. So please send them my way and wishing you a beautiful day and the best of health.